Morning, everyone, and welcome to John's newsletter as we look at the American election. And I'm just back, a little tired from my lovely week at the Langham uh, with Sarah. We went to the Globe Theater and saw Macbeth. It was fantastic. Caught up with some old friends and, of course, read the audiobook for The Last Best Hope, available now for pre-order on Amazon in both the UK and the US. And it was I've never done anything like that. It was great fun to read my own words and, and to get through 80,000 of them, which is what the book amounts to, about 240 pages. But again, please do pre-order now. And again, on January 10th, that's D-Day for our community. When the book is officially out, we go online to Amazon, storm the bastions. Everybody give us the five stars and say, can't wait to get the book. Tell your friends, tell anybody you'd be remotely interested, and we will master the algorithm of Amazon on January 10th. But ahead of all that, we're getting into the American electoral cycle, and I have to go where the action is. I was intent on beginning our look at Hemingway, but that's going to have to wait uh, while we look in some detail at a hugely important event that is being underplayed. And this is one of these nuggets that really I love about my job creatively. When you find something that nobody else seems to see, you feel like Indiana Jones in some ancient temple, and you come on some runes that you understand that change your view of history, in our case, our view of political risk. And one of these things just happened over the weekend as I was trying to enjoy myself and not do my job, and life intrudes on that. You know, as John Lennon said, life's what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. And this happened for me during our very fun weekend of the Globe Theater and high tea and enjoying London, which is probably my favorite city in the world. Uh, while doing all this, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, made it very clear, teased up, that on October 9th, he has a gigantic announcement in the city of Philadelphia. Well, let me give you the backstory to Bobby and to why this matters. Um, speaking as a, as a right-wing populist of sorts, I admire Bobby's left-wing populism. While I don't agree with everything he thinks about vaccinations, I love his skeptical mind about Dr. Fauci, uh, of course, about the establishment that has led us into forever wars, and his really systemic critique um, of what's wrong with the United States, that, that he's been radicalized by seeing the American elite fail over and over again from Iraq to Afghanistan to the financial crisis to COVID, etc. And And I think he's been a hugely positive influence um, on this 2024 cycle, which has been dreary in many ways already. And of course, for, you know, rewarded for his efforts, the mainstream media seeing him as a threat to all that they hold dear in the American establishment have unremittingly attacked him, belittled him, made him seem weird and a fringe candidate. And yet, if you look at the real clear politics average this morning, Bobby Kennedy at 14 to 15 percent of the Democratic primary is out polling Ron DeSantis in the Republican Party uh, by about a point. And so despite all these efforts to, to make him go away, to laugh at him, to denigrate him, Bobby has managed to stay rather comfortably at between 14 and 15 percent. And despite constant assaults from the mainstream media, or perhaps because of constant assaults, as the media is held rightly, in increasingly low repute, Bobby has done very well indeed. But he feels hard done by, and he, he's written letters, which I've read about why, and, and they, these letters make sense to me. First of all, any candidate polling in double digits 
ought to be able to get a debate with the front runner. This is true in both parties. Um, I can see why both Presidents Trump, former President Trump and President Biden, don't want to have a debate. It can only harm them, particularly when they're ahead by so much. And in Biden's case, because the idea of him in a debate strikes every Democratic establishment figure with horror, goodness knows what would happen. I mean, just last week up in New York, he bumped into a flag and forgot to shake Brazilian President Lula da Silva's hand to his obvious annoyance. And these moments happen every single week with alarming frequency. And the job of president is simply too tough. When, when people say Biden's old, they don't mean he's old. Um, I remember this is true with my father, with my grandmother, with my mother. I'm sure it'll be true with me. So I'm not casting aspersions about ageism, but it's a simple fact that you're fine, you're fine, you're fine mentally as you get older. And some people are mentally acute at 90 and others begin to lose it in their 60s. But then people tend to hit a wall and decline. President Trump certainly has not hit that wall as he's running rings around various CNN um, announcers early on in this cycle. Um, but, but Joe Biden has. There's no doubt about it that the Joe Biden of today is not the Joe Biden that I knew when he came to Aspen events in Italy just a few years ago. He's hit the wall of mental acuity and it's not going to get better. So at all costs, the Biden people, now that they don't have COVID to hide him in the basement from, don't want him debating the articulate, passionate. And here he reminds us of his father, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And so Bobby is annoyed that the, despite polling at double digits, the president won't debate him. He's also annoyed that the establishment has changed the order of the political order of the calendar to suit Biden, that the first uh, that they want the DNC and the Biden lackeys want South Carolina to go first, despite traditionally the first caucus being Iowa and the first primary being New Hampshire. Why is this? President Biden did very poorly in both Iowa and New Hampshire last time, and Congressman Clyburn saved him. Um, in South Carolina, where he decisively beat Bernie Sanders and turned the tide uh, to win the Democratic Party nomination last time. To make things safe, they've, they've fiddled with the order um, and tried to put South Carolina first and said, in fact, if you campaign or, or worry about an earlier version, perhaps you won't get delegates. Well, Bobby isn't wrong to see that they're, they are you know, fixing the deck, uh, and so he doesn't have a real chance at the nomination. Behind as much as he is that the rest of the candidates behind Biden and Trump have to hope that magic, that lightning strikes in either Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina or Nevada ahead of Super Tuesday in early March. And if you take away two of those options and leave him only South Carolina, where Biden is a shoe in with Clyburn's support and Nevada, in effect, you are ending the Democratic primary before it begins. And, and he brought this up. And I remember thinking at the time. They better be pretty careful that they don't treat Bobby fairly or he can just bolt and start a third party run. Already his leftist populism fits a critique of both major parties to say that the common establishment are what let things down. And so they ought to be awfully careful about treating him fairly or he might decide to go his own way. And it's now very clear as it's been teased, teed up and that the leaks have come from inside Bobby's camp that on October 9th in Philadelphia, he intends to start a third party run. Well, this is absolutely fundamental to the presidential race. So hear me out. Leave aside, uh, and I enjoyed our last uh, election podcast that we're already at peak Biden, that all the major policy problems that confront the president, be it 
the porous border, be it the economy where the cost of living crisis was started because he spent money like a drunken sailor coming out of COVID, be it now the endless Hunter Biden saga, distasteful and immoral uh, uh, examples of Biden family influence peddling, which now due to the House inquiry, this will be night after night on the TV, Chinese water torture, drip, drip, drip. Um, that the economy's not going to get better, that Hunter Biden's not going to get better, that his age isn't going to get better, that the border's not going to get better, the Democratic cities that have been run by the Democrats for three generations from San Francisco to Chicago are crime dens, that you get to see what one-party Democratic rule gets you, a hellscape, a Norwellian hellscape. I was just in San Francisco, one of my favorite cities in the world, and I went there and didn't decide what I was told by the, the conference organizers not to leave the hotel. I mean, this is what you get if you have unfettered George Soros appointed prosecutors saying nobody should go to jail for criminality. Um, all of this isn't going to get better in the next year. So we've already reached peak Biden um, in terms of policy. But the third party aspect, I think, is decisive that in a relatively close election and real clear politics, as Donald Trump ahead between one and two points at present, in a relatively close election, um, third-party candidates become decisive. And that's where we are now, though that might not be the case because Trump uh, certainly has the momentum at the moment. But assume that the election stays close and reasonably divided. What happens next? Well, already Cornell West and the Green Party are polling at around 5% in a number of polls. And this is statistically significant. Obviously, Cornell West and the Green Party poll more from the Democrats and take more from the Democrats than they do from the GOP. And so if this continues at 5% and you look at polling where West is state by state at 5%, this is decisive. This is determinative in a race where Trump is up by one or two, just in the margin of error. If you add in Cornell West pulling from the Green Party, which overwhelmingly pulls from Democrats and not Republicans, this increases Trump's lead in a three-way race. Okay, now imagine Bobby Kennedy pulling at 15%. And imagine of this 15% of the Democratic cohort for the primary right now, imagine half vote for Bobby. It'll be higher than that, by the way. I'm being very, very conservative. It will be most much higher than that. I think he'll pull at 80 or 90 percent of his cohort, but make it half. So he's at seven, eight percent. And these are people that vote in a Democratic primary, meaning they are overwhelmingly Democrats. Now think of a very close race state by state where Cornell West is at five, Bobby's at eight to 10. I think 10 being a better number, and suddenly 15% of Biden's vote, of whom this 15%, 80 to 90% vote for the Democrats traditionally. Now they're voting for third-party candidates. Game over. That's it. That's it. RFK Jr. and Cornell West, beyond all the peak Biden problems, if these third-party candidates emerge, they will undoubtedly pull decisively from Democratic voters rather than Republicans. And in a close election... This means nothing less than that this will elect Donald Trump president of the United States. That's the bold takeaway from today's newsletter. This is of incredible importance, and the preternaturally incurious Democratic Party establishment in the media, the mainstream media, are covering this 
as little as humanly possible, but no amount of magical thinking changes this basic reality. RFK Jr. is just about to decisively append the presidential race. The Democratic Party and Biden have between now and October 9th with his announcement in Philadelphia to somehow placate Bobby, or guess what? It's game over. Thanks a lot. I wanted to get that bold statement out of there as soon as I could now that I'm home. Uh, we will continue with another, the, the second part of the Roosevelt reading of the book, What Was I Thinking?, later on this week and then next week, unless something politically happens to match this, and I can't imagine that happening, we'll begin with Ernest Hemingway in the culture. But I absolutely had to share, this may be the key moment in the 2024 presidential race, and nobody's talking about it. Take care, enjoy, and please do pre-order Last Best Hope and get ready to storm the Amazon beaches on January 10th. Take care, everyone.